Welcome to the Project Zion podcast. This podcast explores the unique spiritual and theological gifts Community of Christ offers for today's world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Project Zion podcast. This is Brittany Mangelson, and I'm going to be your host for today. And we are going to be bringing you an episode in our Holy Ground series where we talk about spirituality and spiritual practices. And I'm actually really excited about the episode today. I'm with two of my dear friends, Katie Harmon McLaughlin from Spiritual Formation Ministries. She's the Spiritual Formation Specialist in Community of Christ and Apostle Janae Grover. And we are going to be talking about the daily bread, which is something that I use daily in my life. And I am really excited to talk to these two about this. So Katie, why don't you introduce yourself and then we'll turn it over to Janae. Sure. Um, As you already said, I am responsible for spiritual formation ministries in Community of Christ. Um, One of the aspects of my job is editor of the Daily Bread blog. I'm also the spiritual formation team lead, and I live in Independence, Missouri with my four-year-old daughter, Emma, my husband, Zach, and in a couple days, my new daughter. (laughs) So that's a little bit about me. And Janae? Yeah, so I am. Uh, I work closely with Katie and the Formation Ministries team. And my background in prior to being um, serving on the Twelve was in Disciple Formation Ministries. So Katie and I worked really closely together. My background is in education. I'm a music educator, and that was my first career. And so I have a passion for teaching and learning, and um, also with multi-age engagement in spiritual formation, in worship, in learning, in all aspects of of developing and forming in community. So that's where my passion is and what I bring to this. But Katie and I have worked very closely in, in terms of how this all is integrated. It is all holistic spiritual formation and all part of disciple formation, part of one of our mission initiatives of developing disciples to serve. So this is just one aspect of that, that we, um, that we work on together. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited about uh, this conversation for several reasons. I know that the daily bread uh, blog posts were really influential for me when I was first seeking and looking into community of Christ. Um, And we'll get into a little bit of that, but it's, it's such a good way to, to see the stories and the theology of the church um, as members of the church experience it. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. So I guess before we dive in, let's, can we briefly talk about what the daily bread is? Um, Katie, you mentioned that it was a blog post um, or it was a blog. So discuss a little bit about just what it is. Well, um, the daily bread started in 1949. So we have used the daily bread and community of Christ now for over 70 years. Um, it started as a book and several years ago transitioned into a blog format. Um, and basically it's a daily ministry of community of Christ where members and friends from around the world can submit their stories, reflections, poems, whatever kind of writing it is that expresses their own um, relationship with God and share that with our readers as a way to form the church on a daily basis. I absolutely love that because like I was saying, it it's not necessarily just church members hearing from church leaders. It's church members and leaders hearing from church members and leaders, which I think is um, just so good and, and important to see how God is working in the lives of everybody around, around the church. So I am really struck that this has been a ministry going on for over 70 years. Um, I don't know 
and maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but has anything in community of Christ been going like any ministry been going that long? It seems like this is probably, uh, one of the ones that has been in it for the long haul, uh, more so than other ministries. So what can you tell me, uh, can you talk a little bit more about the history and did anything special happen when we hit that 70th anniversary mark? Um, just dive into the history a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, I think daily bread is a really sacred, special practice for people in the church. And I have heard tons of stories from people who grew up with the daily bread on their breakfast table, where it was not just a personal devotion, but a family devotion where couples would use the daily bread and read it to each other and pray together. Um, and back in 1949, in the first edition, the first presidency stated the purpose of daily bread and they said, there exists among our people a pressing need for more consistent and more effective participation in personal and family devotions. The First Presidency, along with many others of the ministry, believed this condition would be improved if our people were given specific helps in the form of a devotional manual. Thus, we commend this publication to the saints with confidence that if it is sincerely used in their daily home worship, it will strengthen the spiritual foundations upon which personal righteousness depends. So I love that the intent in 1949 that carries with us today was really to make our faith something expressed in our homes, with our families, with our partners, um, and in our daily lives. And in 2019, we celebrated 70 years of daily bread. Um, and Stacy Cram, member of the First Presidency, shared a little bit about her own testimony. Um, she said, my memories of the daily bread do not date back 70 years. However, for as long as my memory can recall glimpses of the past related to our church, the daily bread is part of those memories. She remembered ordering her first daily bread in the 1980s carrying it in her briefcase and using it as a morning devotional during her commute to work. And then she says, I remember sadly disposing of over a decade of daily breads on my bookshelf when I went to work for the church and needed to limit the weight of my household move. I remember rejoicing when the daily bread was launched as a daily blog and email. So throughout these 70 years plus, um, many members have been using it as a daily devotional tool in their own homes. And you know, I even remember as a kid, my mom getting so excited when something she wrote was published in this book that was offered by the church. And I think that members had that feeling of excitement, of participation um, in being involved in the daily bread. Thank you for that, Katie. I think it's so heartwarming to realize the rich history and to have um, that connection, like you said, that this was really made for families, for individuals, for households to supplement their spiritual life. So Janae, what can you tell us about, uh, the daily bread and the history and your own personal experience with it? Yeah. So I was part of, um, when I first started working in, in formation ministries with disciple formation, um, is about the time that we transitioned from a printed book to a, a blog, an email a blog post. And I know that that was really difficult. And I was part of that kind of that challenge in the transition because I loved holding the book and it was my journal. And I would make notes on as part of kind of my own daily um, practice. I would journal in my daily bread. So when it went to the blog, I had to shift kind of that format, but I love the online. I love the email. I'm one of those that gets a little anxious if I don't see it in my inbox first thing in the morning, because that's just one of those daily practices of mine. And the daily bread, like Katie said, was part of our family growing up. I remember it as part of my grandparents. Um, it was always in my grandparents' home, both of my grandparents. Um, it was part of our home. It was part of our breakfast devotionals often as our family sat around the breakfast table and my a particularly special connection to it was 
my paternal grandmother, Irene Collins, was a writer and she and I shared a love of writing. And she always encouraged me to write. And I, like Katie said, expressed about her mom being, you know, having um, reflections published. I was so in awe that my grandma was published in a book. She was a writer that was published in a book because she would write and submit um, poetry and reflections for the daily bread. So that was a really special connection for me through my family, through my grandma, and through that love of writing. And that is part of what, like Katie expressed, this reading these different faith experiences, very diverse experiences, diverse forms of writing, and ways of expressing people's faith, ways of understanding God. I think that there is just this wonderful richness um, in that as part of how we are formed, um, not only our own encounters, but how we are formed in community through these diverse expressions. So it was, um, it was an important part of my, uh, my growing up, an um, important in connection with, um, with particular family members. It was a gift at Christmas time as I became a young adult and left home. It was a gift every Christmas. And so that was very, very precious. So this is a, a practice that that is I that I like I said is part of my daily practice and I think is is one of one of those wonderfully rich practices of our community. And you mentioned um, is any has anything else been a ministry for seventy years? Off the top of my head, the only thing that comes to mind is the Herald, which was originally the Saints Herald. But this would stand probably with that as as the two longstanding um, ministries or resources or practices of the church. Yeah, you know, I think you might be right. The Herald probably outlives the daily bread by a little bit, but also the daily bread. I mean, having it be a daily ministry, you know, the Herald doesn't come out daily. So right. The, uh, you know, the, uh, longstanding energy that the daily bread has is I would maybe say unmatched. So not that we're like pitting the two ministries against each other. But no, I agree. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, to, to have something new and fresh for, um, members and disciples and friends of community of Christ every single day to have a, a new devotional, um, is no small task. So to be providing that for 70 years, that's, that's a lot. So let's, let's talk about the, the current role of the daily bread in the church. Um, I know, like I said, I have used it a lot, um, in my own discipleship, you know, we've used it in congregations and small group gatherings, et cetera, but, um, does it still hold that same original, uh, purpose that it had in the church when it started and how has that role evolved? Um, what, what does it look like today in the life of the church? Yeah. So I think that the intent, the original intent is still what we would see as the intent. Um, I think that that has been expressed in different ways. So it has largely been stories and testimonies, but we have also with Katie's leadership and, and this has also been part of, of this practice prior, but through Katie's leadership, uh, we've also explored different ways of engaging. So with um, aligning with the, the um, liturgical calendar, um, with the lectionary cycle of scriptures, introducing practices has been part of, of the daily bread, but also new kinds of practices, new ways of exploring kinds of themes uh, related to the liturgical year or particular themes such as racial justice, diversity, things like that. So there have been different ways of, of how we approach or how we gather uh, stories or, or use different kinds of practices, different ways of engaging in in formation in a, in a variety of ways. And we're still exploring kind of what those format, what that format might be, how it might continue to evolve. And I'll let Katie share a little bit more about that. Yeah, thanks, Janae. Um, I really, I, actually, I was just reflecting on what Brittany was saying about 
like, wow, for 70 years, we've had fresh content every single day. Um, and I'm still a little mind blown about that. Um, obviously, I have not been the one doing that for 70 years, but um, I have do, been doing it for quite a few years now. And I was thinking, what is it that has, you know, created that sense of longevity in this ministry? And I think, you know, really that place to share our sacred stories has been so important and that sharing sacred stories with one another has, you know, in the past and continues to be an important way of deepening in our faith, that as we share our stories with one another, we deepen our own personal and communal awareness of how God is present and active in our daily lives. And we create common language as a community together to be able to articulate what it is the spirit is doing within and around us. So I think that the daily bread has, you know, multiple roles in the church today, just as Janae was saying, to make us aware of the seasons that we're moving through, to make us aware of issues that are occurring in our world, but also to provide a space where we can reflect on what God is doing in our lives and how that calls us to respond in our daily lives. Um, so I see the daily bread as a place that regularly forms the church in our identity, in our mission, in our enduring principles, um, and helps us engage in a meaningful spiritual practice where we're practicing both listening to the stories of others and also considering the story of God in our own lives. Uh, I just really appreciate the way that you both have articulated uh, the purpose and the mission of the daily bread. Katie used the word longevity, and that's the word that I was fumbling for when I was, uh, it, it wasn't coming to mind, but that's exactly what this is. And I think that it's so, uh, it's going to continue to be important for folks to be able to share their stories. I know that in the work that I do, primarily with Latter-day Seekers, sharing story is the driver of, of our ministry and people just needing to feel like they can um, be open about where they have seen God, especially in surprising places for folks along a faith transition um, or times where they've walked in darkness and um, have, have, you know, maybe encountered um, what they perceive as a lack of God. And so that sharing of stories is such a good way to process and to have other people connect with their stories. You know, they can see their stories in the story of another. And so what a beautiful way to build community for folks, even across continents, um, time zones, et cetera, but we can really connect with one another um, in the act of sharing our sacred story. So speaking of stories, what are some of the favorite stories that you have read or heard or worked with uh, over the years? I know that's a really big question, um, but is there anything that particularly stands out or maybe even themes that you see that are reoccurring um, as you have been uh, working with these daily stories? Uh, well, I'd love to hear from Janae on this one too, to see if there are any that stand out to her. Um, a few things stand out for me. One is that when we were celebrating 70 years of daily bread, I went through all of the previous daily breads, like from all the different decades. And I did not read every single daily bread over those 70 years, but I did skim through quite a few. And it was really fascinating to me to see, you know, how our stories have evolved over time but also how through our stories, we've wrestled with different social movements. And so like a lot of the stories in the fifties and sixties um, dealt with racial issues in the United States because they were primarily written by United States members at the time. And I just found that really fascinating to read, you know, how members were grappling with some of those issues in their own time. Um, and now when you look at the daily bread today, you'll see stories of people grappling with the social issues of our time and what is our call to respond and what is God doing in the midst of us, um, in the midst of these issues. I also love encountering the diverse writing styles of, um, daily bread contributors. And, you know, as I was kind of going through some previous daily breads, one person in particular stood out to me who every time he submitted something, I just loved it. And he is unfortunately now deceased, but John Bonney from Oregon um, has been such a deep thinker and poetic, prolific writer and contributor to Daily Bread over the years. 
So if you go back and search his past writings, um, some of it comes in the form of stories, some of it comes in the form of poetry, but they're just really beautiful writings. And then I have found myself also really moved by the people who contribute to special series and daily bread. Like when we spent the whole month of January, a year or two ago, focused on racial justice. And, you know, I was just really impressed with um, the ways that contributors really openly, vulnerably wrestled with how they were responding to these significant issues in the world around us. So it's really hard to pick one story, <laughs> but those are some of the highlights for me as I've been um, collecting stories recently and as I've been looking at stories from our past. Thank you, Katie. Janae? Yeah, so like Katie, it is really hard to think about one in particular um, because I really appreciate the diversity. And just as, as I was thinking about that idea of longevity of this ministry, I was, I was just struck by this recognition that so much is similar and yet so much has also evolved. So much is, is similar in terms of people encountering and sharing the divine in the midst of daily life. And that's what I love. I love this recognition in diverse ways of how we meet God in the ordinariness of our daily lives. And, um, and I think that that is powerful. And so there is something that is, is the same and has been the same about it as contexts and diverse writers and um, broadening horizons um, have, have, have caused some shifts with it, um, as well as kind of exploring different formats with it. Um, there is that, that um, powerful sharing of story, as Katie has said. I do really appreciate um, the poetry that is shared often. And I will say Katie is one of, <laughs> one of my favorites. Um, she has a beautiful way with language and with poetry. And so I appreciate the poetry submissions that come from different writers I am. I appreciate the very simplest of testimonies, even just the, you know, kind of that breathing the air of a new day and recognizing God in that. The simplicity of that, I think, is profound. And I enjoy also those voices that that step into that prophetic edge, you know, that really kind of push our way of thinking about circumstances and about what it means to be a person of faith in the midst of these circumstances and a call to respond. So that doesn't zero in on one particular favorite, but it is just that appreciation of the diversity of ways of sharing and expressing that I think is, is rich and meaningful for me. Yeah, um, to follow up with what Janae said, um, I pulled a poem in preparation for our conversation today that I think gets to um, that sense of simple attention in daily life of where God is at work and how that comes through um, the daily bread. And this is a poem from John Bonney, the person that I mentioned earlier. And it's called, Is This Not All Blessing? So he writes, is it not blessing to see the face of the baby or the teen, the middle-aged or the elderly, to say to oneself, that person is a blessing? Is it not blessing to thrill to the song of wild geese as they fly overhead, to hear a melody in the baby's cry, the burble of the brook, the boom of the bullfrog? Is it not blessing to take time to actually look at the flower attentively, to sense the fragrance blessed to touch a loved one, to give thanks for the food of the day? to catch one's breath at sunset, at sunrise, or in moon's glow, to note the lush effulgence of vegetation every year, yet still to love the sight of the naked tree standing in unabashed, intricate, and asymmetrical silhouette against the gray sky of winter. Blessed to listen, to watch, and to wonder. 
at the water, water roaring shoreward from great oceans, water running in swift rivers, water lapping gently against lake shores, water to drink and thereby thrive. Is this not all blessing? Uh, and I love that poem because I think it's such a perfect example of all the varieties of ways that people encounter the holy. Um, and sometimes people share that in, in very poetic style, like um, our friend John Bonney. And sometimes it's just through um, a very simple submission that names something important that has happened. And so whether we get these really beautiful poetic submissions or just those simple noticings, um, they all help widen our perception and our perceptivity of where God is present in the world around us. Thank you so much for sharing that, Katie. Um, as you were reading, it just struck me because that sounded like something that you would hear from Wendell Berry or Barbara Brown Taylor in An Altar in the World, et cetera. Um, but to know that we have that talent in our DNA as a church, I don't know, gets me really excited. And I kind of also got a little teary eyed. Like that was absolutely beautiful. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Which, which brings me, we've, we've touched on the diversity a little bit, but I am wondering, Katie, you said that towards the beginning of the Daily Bread, these submissions were primarily from folks in the United States. Uh, I'm wondering about the current level of diversity. So talk to me a little bit about the diversity and the diversity of the folks who are submitting them, um, whether it's their position in the church or where they're from, et cetera. Yeah. So as you were asking that question, I was realizing um, I'm currently sitting in my daughter's playroom and behind me is a poster that says everyone has a story. <laughs> and um, I think that's so true. And I think that's why a diversity of contributors is so important to Daily Bread that um, it just helps us recognize, helps us awaken to the sacredness of every single person and the story that they have in their own lives. Um, and really, I believe that anyone can share a testimony of the presence of God in their lives. So um, we love receiving testimonies from people wherever they find themselves in the world. I will say one of the um, limitations of daily bread is that it is currently only in English. And so that does limit our contributors. Um, but for example, this Lenten season, we're gonna be sharing a story from Angela Ramirez who wrote the story in Spanish and we had it translated and we'll be sharing it in both English and Spanish. So, um, you know, we do try to find ways to incorporate different languages when we have the capacity. And what's also been really fascinating is that in the Dominican Republic, um, we have church members who have started a podcast where they are reading and translating the daily bread every single day in Spanish. So, I do think that even though we're limited by being a English only publication, um, there are still ways that it's getting out to church members in various places because it is English only that does limit participation, but we still have people that share stories from all over the world. So, um, you know, we have regular contributors from Europe, from Australia, from Canada, from the United States. Um, and as you mentioned, our World Church Leadership Council members um, frequently contribute stories as well. Um, so yeah, I think that the diversity is really important. It's really important to hear from our lay disciples. Um, as you said, the regular people in Community of Christ, not that any of us aren't regular people, <laughs> but, um, but people who aren't paid to write for Daily Bread. Um, it's really wonderful to hear their stories. And especially because the church is so, so gratefully reliant on our volunteers. Um, we don't have paid pastors out there in the field. We have people who are working and also serving the church and paying attention to God in their community. And I think that it um, is empowering for us when people who serve multiple roles are able to share their stories in meaningful ways. Thank you, Katie. So when I think about being a prophetic people and Katie, like you said, 
a lot of these submissions are speaking to social issues and, and world events and what's happening at our time in our time. I, I really think that this is this is the testimony of a prophetic people. And so it doesn't matter, you know, your priesthood office or your status in the church or um, maybe even how old you are. I'm now curious to know if you have, have had any um, that have been submitted by children or youth. But yeah, that the, these stories are testimonies of what is happening within the life of the church and within the world. But now, Katie, I really am curious. Have you had any children submit stories or can they submit stories? Absolutely. Um, we have had some children submissions over the years, not a ton, but I would love to include more. So any age is welcome and any writing style is welcome, um, whether it's, you know, as I said before, as as extravagantly poetic as John Bonney or um, as simple as a 10-year-old expressing their own connection with God in their own life. So um, I would love to receive more submissions from our children and youth. Excellent. Well, I will see what I can do as the mother of three children. <laughs> so we've we've talked about the daily bread starting as a devotion for families, um, which really immediately means that it was meant to be in our personal everyday life. And so I'm wondering if you have specific ideas on how we can use the daily bread in our life. I know that from my context in ministry um, with Latter-day Seekers, Seekers are often looking for a way to practice prayer or a way to practice scripture study or just some sort of devotional. And so how can folks use the daily bread for their personal devotion? You know, I think the ways that people have used daily bread have evolved throughout the years. As we mentioned at the beginning, um, it started for many people as a physical book that they had on their breakfast table. Um, now many people receive it in their email as a blog, and we can always tell when there's a glitch in the system because we will get tons of emails from people saying, where is my daily bread? Um, which I love, I love that that is an affirmation of the way that people are anticipating its arrival every day and planning to use it, um, in their own personal prayer and devotion. And I think it can be used in multiple ways, um, I mean, for one thing, the practice of listening to another person's story is sacred in and of itself. Um, to hold those sacred words that are shared generously and vulnerably by another person, and then allowing those words to invite us to consider where God is present in our own lives is in and of itself a really meaningful, important spiritual practice. Beyond that, the daily bread intentionally includes scripture. Um, we follow the lectionary scripture and daily bread and daily prayer for peace. Scriptures are the same. Um, and so there are scriptures that help focus our attention. And there's also either a monthly or a seasonal spiritual practice um, that people can repeat throughout that season or month um, as a way of after they have encountered the story, um, integrating and deepening their own sense of what is being called of them. We also, for people who don't have access to the internet, we create a monthly PDF. And if you want to get on that list, you can email me. Um, we have tons of people throughout the church that print copies of this PDF resource and actually give the printed version to members who don't have internet access so that they can still use it in a daily way that's meaningful. So there's really no wrong way <laughs> to use the daily bread in your own personal spiritual formation, um, but hopefully it can continue to be a meaningful practice, however people use it. And then I'll add one more thing, which is to write. Daily bread can inspire and evoke our own stories. And writing our stories of faith is also an important and powerful spiritual practice. So um, if you read a daily bread story and you think, oh, that reminds me of this thing that happened in my life or this situation that I witnessed in my community, um, write it down and notice how it feels to put those words to paper. And then if you feel generous, send it in <laughs> so that we can receive your contributions as part of that larger community of writing. Mm, I absolutely love that. And how 
quickly the daily bread becomes a conversation. If you're reading a story and it sparks something in yourself and then you respond and submit that, then those two stories are in conversation with each other. Even if you're the only one that recognizes that, uh, it's true. And uh, what a beautiful way to connect the church all across the world together. Janae, I'm... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say in response to that, Brittany, we've had people submit stories who have literally said, I read this daily bread on this date and it sparked this in me. And this is why I'm sharing this story. Um, So I think you're right that daily bread can become this conversation of spiritual experience that happens throughout the church. Ah, I love that. I absolutely love that. Janae, did you have anything to add? And I'm, I also know that you did say that you use the daily bread in your daily devotion. So if you want to speak a little bit to that, that'd be great. Well, I think it's, it's mostly an important practice that, that connects, connects me to the broader community, which, which is very important to me. So I am also a journaler. So I, and that's, that's another source of prompt for my own journaling so I appreciate that as part of, of my daily rhythm and practice that, that's kind of multidimensional. Like I said, it's a connection to the broader community, um, the stories of others, and a prompt for my own uh, personal reflection. Um, I was just going to uh, kind of take a little bit, say a little bit about the connection with scripture, because while we, we um, I know, know Katie works to incorporate um, as much connection to the lectionary cycle, and I'll let her say more about that if she wants to. There's also an openness to when people just um, either respond to a, a favorite verse or a verse that prompts their thought in a way, and that is included as a connection to the reflection. But that's an important aspect of formation in general, which one of our priorities or areas of focus is on scriptural literacy. So appropriate um, and faithful interpretation and application of scripture. And this is just one of those aspects of uh, an element of how scripture lives and breathes and 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 speaks in the lives of, of disciples. And so I think that that is important as well as on Sundays, That's also one of my favorites because it is connected to the lectionary scripture that we focus on with our worship and um, curriculum and all of those things as part of that emphasis on scriptural literacy and scripture study. But what I love about it is it takes, so you have multiple ways of engaging with a text and multiple ways and layers of, of discovering and exploring the text. But something about the daily bread kind of makes it that personal touch, that personal aspect of whoever is writing in a way that is really connected to kind of that daily living piece of applying scripture in our lives. So that's just another aspect of the daily bread that is really meaningful for me is that journey that we are on um, continually with and speaking of continually, <laughs> that aspect of continuing revelation, which is not just about an open canon, but about an openness to how scripture lives and breathes and informs and forms us as individuals and as a body. So Janae, I really am glad that you brought in that scripture component because um, again, I keep bringing up the ministry that I do, but I just think that this is such a good tool for ministry and to be able to uh, encounter and interact with scripture on a very personal level and through story, um, it, it feels very safe, right? It feels, um, having the scripture be part of a, of a prayer practice of, a, a larger story where someone has encountered God, um, just really helps reimagine scripture for some folks, um, maybe who have um, some hesitancy approaching scripture. This just really feels like a good way to uh, step into scripture in a way that's not threatening, I guess. So I'm really glad that you, you brought in that component. So now, I mean, I guess moving along, how have you seen congregations or small groups uh, using the daily bread as a resource? Well, I can start. I, I've seen congregations and groups use the daily bread in a number of ways. 
sometimes I'm surprised I'll be sitting in a leadership team meeting with a congregation or listening to, um, I say listening to a worship service now because we've been online for so long, but someone will read a daily bread story that spoke to them as part of a devotion or, you know, to evoke a time of sharing in the congregation around a theme that they found meaningful. So I do find that it is um, used pretty frequently. Um, I also think it can uh, evoke spiritual writing practices for congregations. And I've been at retreats and in other kinds of experiences where there'll be a prompt question and then people will be invited to write and then submit those stories to the daily bread. I highly encourage those activities (laughs) because we love to receive submissions from people and that can be a great way um, to do that in community. And I think that since we've really shifted our focus to the seasons of the liturgical year, um, the daily bread has also become a meaningful resource for congregations who are making that journey and for small groups who are making that journey through the liturgical year, whether it's through the stories, the practices, the questions, it can really ground us in those movements of our Christian faith. I was just going to share that um, I Early in the pandemic, when we went all online, I was speaking at a congregation and I joined them for their Sunday school time, which they had adapted as intergenerational yoga. And so I was really drawn to that. And but they used the the person that was facilitating this used the daily bread as the reflection, as the centering moment and then led multi-ages through some yoga poses and practices. And I just thought that that was really creative and wonderful of a way of kind of centering in on the scripture in in a different way than than maybe we would think about. So that was just a creative uh, example of the use. And I would just say, rather than sharing examples, um, just use this as an opportunity to encourage folks to use these in a variety of ways um, as small group gathering, as a focus moment in a leadership team meeting or any kind of a meeting setting that you have an opportunity as a centering. There's a lot of creative ways that you can use it. So I would just take this opportunity to encourage people to use them in, in a variety, use the daily bread in a variety of ways. I am struck by the uh, wide range that story can be used in devotions. Everything from just sitting with a cup of coffee in the morning, reading it to doing a yoga practice. I mean, and everything in between. I know that I've used it for disciples, generous response. I've used it for uh, group devotions as well. I really like the idea of doing a spiritual practice around writing for the daily bread. Uh, but it, it just goes to show how, again, universal storytelling is and how universal scripture and prayer are. And when you combine those, the options of how to use it really are limitless. So thank you for those ideas and for that encouragement. So we have talked a lot about the daily bread and what it is. And I keep coming back to this idea that this is a daily thing that has been going on for 70 years. So can we talk about the process of producing the daily bread? I'm curious just to know the logistics behind it, because that's a lot of content to produce. And so how far in advance are these stories generally written? And you said that you follow, we follow the lectionary, but as far as the spiritual practices go, I mean, how do you pull the stories in and connect them with the scriptures and the practices and uh, just talk about the logistics of it? Well, in some ways, I think moving to a blog format has allowed the daily bread to be a little bit more flexible and responsive to things that are occurring in the world around us. I can't imagine, you know, finding all the stories and um, going through the the really intentional editorial process of creating a book, which used to be how the daily bread was produced. So at this point, we typically operate two to four months in advance, depending on the lectionary season we are in. Um, so, you know, Lent, for example, is a little bit longer. So sometimes we're collecting Lenten stories in the fall before that Lent in the spring. It really just kind of depends on the season and what we're looking for. And if we're, you know, just receiving general submissions or specific requests for a particular series or theme. 
once the stories are chosen, they go through two levels of an editorial process. The first is a volunteer group of content alignment editors, which is, you know, just kind of a fancy way of saying, does this story reflect authentically who Community of Christ is? Our identity, our message, our mission, our beliefs. Um, and that is an all volunteer team. And I'll use this as an opportunity just to name and thank those people too. The content alignment editors are Dave Brock, Susan Oxley, Bruce Lindgren, and Donna Sperry, who probably many people know. The second part of the process is copy editing and layout. And Diane Maupin, another volunteer, offers her time and she does a fabulous job with that. And then once she has um, aligned the stories in the proper formatting and has edited them, she sends them off to me and Kathy Loving. Um, and I send out the Daily Bread PDF to all the people who receive those and print those out and share them broadly throughout the church. And Kathy Loving works with other volunteers to post them on the website and to find beautiful images that connect with the stories. We also have been really blessed by Tammy Linda Lewis, who has um, taken a role in Daily Bread in the past and is also going to be supporting Daily Bread while I'm on maternity leave, hopefully in a couple of days. <laughs> so um, we have a large group of people, both paid and volunteer, who work on the Daily Bread on a regular basis. I just want to highlight um, the gratitude for the incredibly gifted volunteers that offer the generosity of their time and giftedness to continue to support this ministry and other resources. So all of the resources that we produce rely heavily on some level of volunteer engagement, whether it's writing or, and in this case, it's writing and editing. So, and that is true with uh, the Community of Christ Lessons and with worship resources. So just add my gratitude for the giftedness of volunteers that continue to support resource development for the benefit of the church. Mm, and I will add my voice to that choir because I know that all of these resources that we've talked about have greatly blessed my life and the life of my congregation and seekers and working on Project Zion and knowing how we are primarily a volunteer team, especially um, we recently recruited a bunch of volunteers to be uh, editors and transcribers as well. So it really does take a lot of folks to produce content for the church. And so, uh, yeah, I'm grateful for the volunteers as well. And that sounds like a lot of work. I mean, I know it's a lot of work. And the fact that uh, the stories are, um, we, we make sure that they're a reflection of our identity, message, mission, and belief. Um, th that's really important as well. And so you can um, have a high level of confidence that what you encounter in the daily bread is going to be a reflection of who Community of Christ is. And again, I think that that's, that, that is really important. So we've talked a little bit about who can submit stories, and it sounds like the sky's the limit. Anyone is welcome to submit stories, but do you have any helpful tips or just to reiterate, uh, do you need to be a member? Um, can you be a friend or a seeker in Community of Christ? And then, uh, yeah, what, what tips would you have if folks are wanting to consider submitting a story? Well, um, yes, anyone can submit a story. You do not have to be a member of the church. Um, and we love receiving stories from people from all over. Um, if you go to the Daily Bread on the website, um, there are two different options. You can subscribe to Daily Bread or you can submit a story. And when you submit a story on the submission form, there are some guidelines for writing. So I'll just highlight a couple of those. Typically, our stories are around 300 to 350 words. You know, they can be less, they can be slightly more, <laughs> but if they're much more, sometimes they'll be cut down um, just so that we can try to keep some consistency in length. We also, because this is an international ministry, we ask people to write from their own context, but to a global audience. Um, so sometimes, you know, there'll be sayings or words from our own cultures that might not make sense in another culture. Um, so we just ask people to be mindful of that when they're writing. And we encourage people to write in their own voice, in their own writing style, to make it authentically them. 
but also to think of their writing as a representation of the community of Christ global family. Um, and so paying attention to, does this story connect with who we say we are, our identity, our message, our mission and beliefs. And if people have questions about that, they can always go review our enduring principles um, and our basic beliefs on the church website. We also um, invite people to make sure that they're submitting their own work. Um, every once in a while, people will quote from something else that has been meaningful for them. And it really helps our editorial team if they cite that very thoroughly. And yeah, basically that's it. So you can, you can submit a story, you can submit a poem, a reflection, um, anything that is a meaningful expression of your walk in faith. Thank you, Katie. Janae, did you have anything to add? No, I was just going to say it is not limited, limited to members of community of Christ, but open to friends and seekers and, and all who find, um, an expression that they want to, to share that, that aligns. When I say that, um, I think Katie probably does receive some things from outside of the organization that maybe are intended for a different audience. And so we do have to be um, attentive to that, but it is not limited to membership. Yeah, that is good to know. And like I keep saying, I know that this is a meaningful resource for seekers. And so knowing that they are also eligible to submit stories, I think is really helpful. And hopefully you get some more because that's, I'm, I'm excited. I'm just, I'm so excited about this. Like, and I've known about this since before I was a member of the church, but I've never actually talked to somebody about the daily bread in this amount of depth. And so, yeah, I'm just getting all excited. This is great. <laughs> So any, anything else that you want to leave us with? I want to make sure that um, I give both of you an opportunity to just leave us with any final thoughts. Um, again, I want to thank you for um, all of the work that you've done on this resource. Um, the content is so meaningful and um, the rate at which it comes out in is just admirable. I bow down to the entire team because I know that that takes so much work to provide the church with um, this amount of content. And, and just again, to stress that even though the content is coming really quickly, um, it's so meaningful. So then just a big thanks to all of the contributors to the Daily Bread, um, because your stories have been very meaningful in, in my personal discipleship. So big thanks all around. And uh, do you have any final thoughts to leave us with today? I can echo those. Thanks, Brittany. The daily bread would not happen without our contributors. And so for the people who take the time to write a story and send it in, we absolutely rely on that to sustain this ministry. And we recognize that our communication styles have changed pretty drastically over the last decade or so. Um, one of our greatest challenges facing the future of Daily Bread is receiving enough submissions to, to sustain it. And so I really encourage people, if they find Daily Bread meaningful, um, to take the 10 minutes to write out a story and send it in. We love to receive stories from people. Um, and we are always in need of more writers. So whether you consider that part of your own spiritual practice of paying attention to God and submitting a story, or you do that in community, um, we are always, always, always happy to receive those and so grateful when we do. And so, yeah, just thanks to everyone who's willing to submit those stories and a recognition that um, it's pretty profound to be part of a ministry that has been going on for over 70 years in forming the church and continues to form us today. Thank you, Katie. Janae? I was just going to echo Katie's gratitude for the writers, um, as well as Brittany, what you had shared. I also want to say thank you to Katie for shepherding this and for also continuing, continuing to discern meaningful ways of allowing this practice to evolve, as well as to continue being a a uh, platform for sharing stories. So Katie, your leadership has been amazing. So thank you. And I also want to reiterate that um, her capacity, I also want to say thank you to Tammy Linda Lewis, who um, is generously also, also generously contributing and supporting this ministry, especially while Katie is on maternity leave. But um, our ability our capacity to continue to support this, um, and I will say that as our whole Formation Ministries team, however we are connected with this, is reliant on contributors. 
really. So it, it, it takes a lot more of Katie's time of Tammy's time. If, if there aren't, if there's not that source of stories um, to continue to recruit and, and to look for other um, sources. So that just takes more capacity. So we really encourage submissions and we, we are continuing, continuing to discern what is meaningful and what is um, appropriate within our capacity as a global community to, um, to support this, this ministry or how it is to evolve, um, how it can grow, how it can, how it continues to bless the church. So all of that is part of our ongoing journey of responding to the needs of a global church and responding to where the spirit is at work and, and guiding us. So we're continuing in those uh, discerning conversations, but I'm just really grateful for Katie and her leadership, for Tammy and her support of this ministry and all who have generously contributed their gifts and writing. Thank you, Janae. And I just echo all of that. Um, a lot of gratitude for both of you and your entire team um, who have picked up this ministry. And I just want to say, I writing for the Daily Bread does not need to be a, a big intimidating thing, right? Um, you, it can be simple. And so I would just encourage those who are listening, even if you don't think you're a writer, if you don't think you're a natural writer, um, just sit down and think of a moment or two where you encountered God in your week. And even just writing down, you know, a small little paragraph about that, um, that, that is enough. And I think that, uh, like Janae said at the beginning, sometimes those simple, just a few few sentences of encounter um, are enough to really provide deep thought provoking ministry for people all over the world. So I don't want folks to think that they have to have some big elaborate story that has, you know, a smooth beginning, middle and end, um, you know, that's fits in 300 words. <laughs> um, but that it can be just a simple testimony, a simple, a simple thought, um, things that that really show that God is moving in the everyday life, um, that you, that you do have something to share. So I just wanted to stress that in case people are feeling like they, they don't have anything to contribute. I would kindfully argue that you probably do. <laughs> so well, thank you. I'll add to that, Brittany, just real quick. Mm -hmm. I, I think that it's also okay if, um, because I know a lot of this audience in particular are seekers and people in faith transition, um, that you don't have to have God figured out to write for daily bread. Um, and I always appreciate the voices who raise meaningful questions and who are expressing all the varieties of normative stages in the life of faith, whether it's a profound experience with the holy or a deep wrestling with who God is. However, we're expressing the story of our faith. It's valid and important and worth sharing. And so I would just encourage you wherever you find yourself on the spiritual journey that we want to hear from you and we want to hear your story because someone else is reading it and they may be experiencing the same thing too. And so to find community and solidarity in each other's words can be so powerful as we're transformed together. Absolutely. I'm really glad that you brought that up. And, uh, I recognize that a couple of my submissions that I have given to the daily bread have been when I am in deep lament and even anger and confusion and frustration. Uh, even though I have only written stories when I've been a member of community of Christ. So that wrestle with God and that wrestle with theology and community is something um, that is absolutely welcome in the daily bread. Um, lament is also holy. So thank you, Katie. All right. So this has been such a great conversation. And I just want to mention that we will be posting links in uh, the show notes underneath this episode of um, the Daily Bread blog, and then where you can submit stories and any other resources that we have for you. And Katie and Janae, I'm really grateful that you uh, joined us for this conversation today, especially Katie on the eve of giving birth. Hopefully in just a couple of days, you'll have a new little one. And so we pushed you right up until the end. <laughs> <laughs> for doing this. And I'm, I'm just grateful. So thank you so much. Thank you, Brittany. It's been a, it's been a joy to share about this. So thank you for facilitating it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Project Zion podcast. 
Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast streaming service you use, and while you are there, give us a five-star rating. Project Zion Podcast is sponsored by Latter-day Seeker Ministries of Community of Christ. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Latter-day Seeker Ministries or Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines. 